Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Can you guys hear me all right? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather here. Thank you for just being so present with us and and that ever-present help in the time of trouble, but also present with us that we know that in all things you work for our good and, and according to the purpose for which you called us. So we thank you that you're working things out in people's lives and and even the bad stuff that's happening going around right now. I thank you, Father, that you promised that you would turn it for good. And so, so we trust you in that, in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, just speak through me this morning. And I submit myself to you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Okay. Awesome. Anybody starting to feel like Christmas? <laughs> like I come home, I had some stuff to do yesterday, and I come home, and so by the way, like I got this thing. I've never seen this in my life. Like we, our Christmas, our Christmas, our Christmas tree, our our Christmas tree is kind of falling apart, and so so Hobby Lobby had this big sale, and so. My, my, my wife went in, she was like, like I'm going to go get us a seven and a half foot tree. Or she's like, I'm going to get a seven and a half foot tree. And so she ends up with a nine foot tree. <laughs> and so anyway, I go and I help her pick it up. And we got the box and we got the box setting on there. And on the ends and on the sides, it has this U on there, you know. And I always look, I like to look for the U because um, when, I, when I see the U, I know everything's part of it. So it's kosher. I can eat it, right? <laughs> So what I was like, I've never heard of a kosher Christmas tree. So this is like a first for me ever. And so anyway, um, so I get home last night and Linda is putting that sucker up in our living room. And she's on this big old ladder. Like, and she's like, you have to have a ladder to get up to the top of it, you know. And, and I was just like, this is so fun. She had Bing Crosby on there and the lights on and. She's drinking eggnog, and, and I was like, I can't have any, though. That's not fair, but anyway, um, so I'm starting to feel a lot like Christmas, and I'm starting to feel like it really early, which is great, right? Because, like, you can't have too much Christmas, right? I know some people just leave, leave their lights on all year, and then they can just hit a switch. <laughs> My wife is not one of those people. She's pretty pretty organized and pretty picky and we decorate for every season so I guess we're going to have Christmas through Thanksgiving and and Hanukkah and all those other and Christmas and all those other holidays so anyway I'm looking I'm really looking forward to this season and it gives gives us a reason to to pause and a reason to think I was just thinking though I went to feed my horses this morning and they were really upset with me and then I realized that they didn't have a clock that said that we <laughs> fell back an hour so I was an hour late for for breakfast for them so they were looking at me grumpy so someone needs to fix this thing for animals right because they think I'm a bad guy and it's not my fault I was right on schedule but I was thinking about falling back, and it's a time for us to think about stuff like that because there's so much going on in the world around us and so much that can come and hit us nowadays that I think we can fall back and go back to the old seasons, go back to 
where we used to be, go back to where we used to live. I know a lot of people are like, well, I just wish the, the pandemic would be over so things could go back to how they were. And I'm like, I don't want things to go back to how they were. I want things to go back to better than they've ever been, right? And so when we can, we can get into to this place where God says in all things he works for the good of those who love him, and are called according to his purpose. So even if it's hard and even if it's bad now, guess what? God will take all that stuff and he will work it for your good. And he will take you places that you never, ever dreamed. Jesus did it on the cross, right? These dudes, they're killing him and they're, they're, they're like, like um, crucifying him. And he looks down and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And what they didn't realize is what they were doing to him wasn't just for his benefit, but it was for their benefit and the benefit for the entire world then and to come. And so God can take those bad things and he can take those hard things and he can take those things that look impossible and, and he can turn it around. I remember I've been reading about Isaac and we're going to study a little about Isaac, but he was digging wells and this king kept coming and taking his wells and he'd go move on and get another well and then pretty soon God says no I'll fix it and you know what God fixed it and pretty soon he started digging his wells and the Bible says that right after that that God made him very wealthy you know why because he didn't put his trust on what he could do and he didn't put his focus on all the bad that was happening to him he sought God first and he heard what God said and he heard what God's promises were all about and so he's like you know what I'm going to trust God in this season and I'm going to surrender to God in this and watch what God did for him. If he can do that for him, what can he do for you? Riddled all through the Bible is stories of challenges. And then we think when we meet Jesus that we're going to walk out and like the bluebirds are going to just fling around us and the Disney princesses are going to dance and we're going to skip around. Sometimes those challenges are our greatest gift because they propel us on to the next season and to the next challenge. And instead of, like, like I'm learning, God's really been challenging me. He says, thank you for it. Thank me for those challenges. I was like, nah. <laughs> like, am I the only one who's like that? Like, I don't want to thank you for the challenges. Why would I thank you for the challenges? That's, that's, that's stupid. But it's not because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And when we thank him, what we're doing, we're saying, hey, I thank you that there's a challenge here, but there's also a giant that's getting ready to fall down. This may be a giant, but who is that giant to stand before a living, mighty God? And that's good news for us. And so I, I've intentioned in my heart, I'm going to be thankful for challenges in my life because I know that they're not there to knock me down but they're there as stepping stones for me to go farther and grow farther in who I am in, in, in Yeshua in, in our Father God and so that that's exciting to me so you falling back so much of the time I kind of leave, like I like spring forward better do you ever feel like you have a setback? Do you ever feel like everything's just like not going your way? And so, 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 like maybe you got up and the dog bit you and the cat scratched you and your cows were out or, 
or you know your your wife don't like you this morning or your husband or you know your kids are like not doing anything that, that you ask them to do or you know get a flat tire or you end up following a Prius in the church <laughs> just driving like 30 miles an hour right although I got a big truck now I can run over them but sometimes all those things hitting us, all those things coming against us, aren't really setbacks. Like sometimes those delays, like at the airport or a delay in the traffic, maybe a delay in that Prius driving is God's providence protecting you from something down the road that we can't even see. Maybe those challenges are something that, or those setbacks is just like an arrow, man. Now we did a, a trunk retreat out at Darrington, and one of the young men at our church, he he teaches archery, so he was teaching these kids how, how to um, operate the arrow. What do you call it? Shoot? Can you shoot an arrow? Right? So he was shooting an arrow until he'd pull it back. But as long as that stayed right there, it, that arrow wasn't going anywhere. But when it drew back, it was loaded. It was dangerous. And if we can learn to look at our setbacks as God drawing us back to, and it went way further than we could ever dream, and we'll go way further than we ever dreamed if we'll just picture that. Like, I'm putting that in my mind right now so I can just meditate on it and think about it and say, hey, yeah, this is God pulling me back so he can shoot me further and farther than I ever dreamed possible, and we can get accomplished what he has planned for us. And that's what can help give us peace in those times of struggle, peace in those hard times, and peace in our lives, knowing that um, He's with us. Actually, I think the Bible talks about our children as being arrows in our quiver, right? So you just think it's about you. It's not. Everything that that you ever do is going to continue on, and it's going to continue on, not just in you, but in your kids, and not just in your kids, but their, their kids. But beyond that, what about all of our spiritual kids? Right? What about all the work, Charles, you've done in the ministry? Is like you have no idea the results that's come from that. And, and we, none of us ever will, but I guarantee you it'll be way bigger than we ever thought because every person that we impact will impact someone else. And it can last generations. Right, Pastor Moses? It can last way beyond because we can't necessarily see everything that God sees. And so, don't get, don't get stuck in this season of falling back. And don't look at it as negative when you have to pull back. Because God's up to something. I guarantee you. David probably thought it was bad when he was out in the, in the wilderness and his dad didn't even believe in him enough to bring him to the meeting where they're going to anoint a king. But God said, you know what? I'm going to draw him back because I have a purpose in his life. It may not look like he's the one that should be doing it, but I'm going to do something great in his life. Not necessarily because David was great, but because God is not just was is and so we can put our focus on him so don't don't get sucked into this falling back and don't get stuck 
that's one of the things I refuse to do in this season is I'm not getting stuck. Just not doing it. I know that I have a future because God promised me a future. I know I have a hope. I know things are going to work out if I can just continue to trust in Him, right? So, in um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, it says this. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you stood your ground in the great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood stood side by side with those who were so treaty who were so treated you sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions what are you saying these people had given their lives when they gave their hearts and their lives to God and put their trust in God, it cost them something a lot of times. But they were like, you know something? There is nothing that this faith that I found in, in Yeshua is going to cost me that is not that matters anything compared to what I found in Him. And they're like, if He blessed me with this in the first place, He'll bless me with more in the future. Just like Isaac digging the wells. He's like, you know what? I already dug a well. He took it. I don't care. I'll keep digging wells until God tells me to stop. And God didn't tell him to stop. And God ended up blessing him in it. And that's where we can get this grit about us as believers. Is like, we're, we're not wimps. We're, we're not made for weak times. We have a strength inside of us that is stronger than any iron that's ever been created. It's stronger than anything you'll ever find because it's not based on your strength, but it's based on His. So you're like, well, I don't feel strong, Pastor James. Like, I'm just weak, and I, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're perfect spot because the Bible says His strength is made perfect in our weakness. He says where sin abounds, grace Super abounds. As believers, we think everything's got to line up and we think everybody's got to be singing when the saints come marching in and have all this unity going in and then we'll feel the grace of God. But God's saying, my, my grace is abounding in the very places where a lot of Christians will never dare to go. Because the Bible says where sin abounds, God's grace super abounds. You know that in Greek that word didn't even exist until Paul's made it exist he had to make a word up I thought I was the only one who did that <laughs> right but God's grace and God's goodness and God's strength is so much better and so much further than, than our own and when we learn to submit and rely on his strength and on his grace and on his power then he can propel us and he can shoot us forward when we're walking in our own that's when we get tired. That's when we run out of gas. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes we need to run out of gas. So we can get to that point where we're like, yeah, I was, I was working with you, but now I kind of wanted to do it on my own. I get that with horses when I'm training horses sometimes. Like, we'll get started. We'll be working together. And pretty soon you can feel them have an ideal that's not your ideal. Like, maybe we shouldn't jump that fence. 
that's not my ideal, but it was their ideal, and we jumped the fence or something like that, you know. Not my ideal, but it was a lot more work for them if they had to do their ideal than if they had just trusted me and stayed where I was and worked with me. That's what God's trying to say to us. And so, not to shrink back, not to fall back, not to lose your confidence. So, in um, chapter 35 of verse of chapter 10, it says this. So do not throw away your confidence. What? Don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You know, I'm an Oklahoma Sooner fan, and I think that's God's team. It's in crimson and cream, and God loves the Oklahoma Sooners. Boomer Sooner, by the way. But anyway, they they got this new quarterback, and his name's Caleb, and he come in. He's a freshman, and they were getting beat in the Texas game. God doesn't like Texas. That's why the horns go down. So he likes Texas. He loves you Texas people. He just don't like your football team. But so So they're in the middle of this Texas game, and they're getting clobbered. And so the coach is like, you know what? Might as well give this kid a shot. So he goes in, and he brings them back. From, from near defeat, like you know, impossible odds, and they win the game, right? But when that kid walked on the field, everybody else was kind of shaken. You know why they were shaken? Because they had lost their confidence. You ever lose your confidence? Sometimes I lose my confidence. Bad things are happening. It looks like we're getting pounded. It looks like everything's going around. But then someone comes along. And they say, you know what, I'll come along with you and we'll do this together and watch. We'll come back and we'll come back even greater than we thought. It's like pulling that arrow back on the, on the bow again. It's just that setback is just setting you up for a comeback. That rock and stone that's being thrown at you is not to hurt you, but is a stepping stone. And this kid comes in with, with, with not arrogance, but with a confidence, knowing that he's a winner and brought them back. He didn't lose his confidence. Now, he's a freshman, and there's a lot of season left, and a lot of years left, so he might come to a time when he does lose his confidence and someone needs to pick him up. But if we don't throw our confidence away, we can excel. Now, here's the key. What is your confidence based on? If your confidence is based on what you can do, then you're in trouble. But you can put confidence in the word of a God who would send his son, his only son, the son whom he loved to set you free and to give you all these great and precious promises, not just so it'll look good in the book, so that you can live it out in your life. You know, I love, I love hearing Jesus is going to come back and he's going to come back again. And, and he is, it's true. But what worries me about thinking about focusing on that is we forget that we have to wait to he- till we get to heaven to realize that we can walk with God right now. We get so focused on where we want to go that we forget that we, we're called to live right here. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places, but we're the body of Christ. We are Christ walking right down here right now, and it matters. 
God doesn't want us shrinking back. He doesn't want us looking for Star Trek and Scotty to beam us up all the time. He wants us to take ground. He, Jesus didn't say when he was ascending, he didn't say, hey, wait for till I come back and go cower in a corner. He said, go into some of the world. All the world. And preach the gospel. What's the gospel? It's good news. It's that the cross meant something, but the resurrection meant even more. And if we can grab a hold of that, man, it'll be unstoppable. Don't cast your confidence. Because he says this, so do not throw away your confidence. You know what that tells me is we got a choice. We have a choice on what we're going to believe in. Faith is believing in God and what He's going to do, but fear is believing in the obstacle or believing in the enemy or believing in the bad thing, too. It gives us the choice. You have a choice. He said, choose this day whom you will serve. But choose this day whom you're going to believe. Are you going to believe God's promise? Or are you going to live and fall back to that past place where everything all... Maybe you went through a season where all hell broke loose and everything went wrong and nothing worked out for you. And then when things start falling apart, you immediately go back to that place and you time travel. And then you start living out of that place and then things start unraveling around us. And we're like, well, why is it out unraveling? And it's because you're time traveling, living back there. When God says, stay present with me and I'll prepare, propel you into a future that you never dreamed possible. Don't time travel. If you're going to time travel, go forward. But if we'll stay present with Him and not cast away our confidence, not throw it away, but say, hey, I'm going to hang on to the confidence because I know that you promised. And it's okay to have confidence in yourself too. Listen, it's time for us as believers to know that we can have some swagger about us. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. You know what? You are God's highest form of creation. You're the only, if you were the only person alive, he still would have sent his son for you. Do you know what that makes you? The most valuable thing in the universe. Pick your head up. Go forward and know that you have value. You can put confidence in that. You can put confidence in that your value is not based on who you are or what you can do or what you've done or what you've ever done, but your, con- your confidence can be placed in that, that God valued you that much. And now, instead of falling back, we can say, you know what, this is going to be fun because I can't wait to see what God's going to do. Thank you, Father, for this giant. Thank you for this obstacle. Right? That's what Jesus did. He went to the tomb of Lazarus and everybody's crying and Jesus even cried. Right? But he looked at it and he's like, I thank you, Father. What did he do? He thanked him because he knew 
that he was going to get the glory. Not Jesus, but God. Jesus deserves the glory too, right? Don't throw away your confidence because it says it, it will be richly rewarded. Isaac didn't throw away his confidence. He went to God and he kept trusting God. You need to persevere. Persevere. Man, I hate that word. Right? You know what? That means that you have to go above and beyond what you think, what you feel. You got to get out of these five senses in this realm and start walking and living by faith, which is trusting God on the inside. God doesn't want us to live out here. He wants us to live inside out. Our flesh will get us in trouble. Right? Because if you're just operating on what you can do and on what you can see, on what you feel, you're not going to ever be able to accomplish what God's called you to accomplish because the Bible says that, that we're saved by faith, but the, the righteous walk by faith and not by sight. He says this, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. What's the will of God? It's simple. It's just love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself that you cannot do in your own power. So guess what you have to do? And then Jesus even said, and love your neighbor as yourself. So one of the things, the very first thing you need to do is learn how to love God and love yourself. And then you can love other people around you. Some of us are nasty to other people. You see people are so mean to other people because they don't like themselves. And God loves you just like you are. He loved you at your worst. But He loves you too much to leave you there. So we can trust Him, right? So what He's saying is just stay present in me. Put your hope in me. Put your trust in me. Walk with me. Talk with me. When you get discouraged, man, don't beat yourself up. Tell me about it. Anybody ever tell God when you're discouraged? Or is it just me? Like, like I, I have a habit of sometimes I want to tell 25 people, you know, this is going on and that's going on. And, and I got the king of the universe who happens to be my Abba, happens to be my daddy, my heavenly father, who, who loves me enough to give me all these promises why don't I go to him first? But instead, you know what I do? Is I fall back. I fall back to what that programs that are running in your mind. Am I the only one that ever does that? Anybody else? Just one person raise their hand. <laughs> Father, help me. I'm really lost. Because everybody... Right? Oh, just thinking about it. Okay. So, so, but those programs, turn the movie off. Turn those thoughts off. Stay present in His presence. He said He's the ever-present help in the time of need. He's not the great I was. He's the great I am. 
That means he's everything you've ever needed or ever going to need. So he says this. I love, I love the scripture because it helps us to, to ruminate, chew on the cud, you know. And then it goes from our head and into our heart. And when it goes into our heart, we, li- we live out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then we start acting head, heart, hands. Actually, that's how it comes down. Faith comes by hearing and the hearing by the Word of God. So how do we do it? We, we study the Scriptures and we meditate on the Scriptures and, and we trust God for what He's doing. Actually, I got a lot of Scripture on that that God showed me actually in Genesis, believe it or not. You know the Gospels in Genesis too? Man, that clock don't like me. <laughs> I wonder if I hold my hands up. Can you stop time, Father? Did it work? No! It just turned on the clock. For in just a very little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. Not that He can't stop the time. He just didn't happen to right then. He did for a minute because it didn't change for a minute. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. If he he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. My righteous one will live by what? By works? By what you can do? By fear? By what? By faith. I will not be pleased with him. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. That you are not. Don't you love the word but? But. If not for but, I'd be in trouble, right? But he's like, but we are not. You are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but are of those who believe and are saved. Now watch the order of that. It doesn't say you are saved and then you believe. Most of it is like, God, I'll believe in you if you do this. I'll believe in you if you do that. I'll believe it when I see it. And God say, you, you believe it and you will see it. It's flipped around. Not faith in faith. Now listen to me. You can put faith in faith and it'll tear you apart. Our faith is not in faith. Our faith is in Jesus, in God Himself. And when we keep Him the focus, and that's what changes our our heart and our life. Like, that's good, Pastor James. What, What else? So it says this. I'm glad you were asking. You guys are really asking a lot of questions this morning. Romans chapter 7, verse 21 says this, So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner, uh, uh, making me a prisoner of the law of sin 
at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law. Not, he's not saying he's a slave legalistic. What he's saying is, is in my mind... I'm 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 a slave to God. I'm a slave to God's law, but my my outside's not doing what my inside's telling me. He's losing focus, and he's saying, "I'm human. I mess up. I make mistakes." But most of the time, it starts with our thoughts. It starts with our thinking. That's what he's talking about here, and he's saying, "Oh, red." Where am I at? We're gonna... Oh, but I see another law at work in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. This is Paul. Like he wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He's like, man, I stink. He's like going like this. Or is that a J? And I had to turn it. I have it right. He's like, I'm a loser. Actually, I look at it. I go at my wife. I was like, look, I'm a lover. And she's like, honey, that's not what that means. <laughs> you might be right on that, but it's not what it means. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this? Thanks be to God. Now he answers this question. Who's going to rescue him? Thanks be to God through, through what? Through the law that's affecting his mind? No. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave, slave to the law of sin. So he's like, man... I'm focused in my mind sometimes on I got to do right, I got to do good, I got to do this, I got to do that, and it makes me a slave. And then my body's a slave to sin because I'm not walking in who I really am as a believer in Jesus. So he's like, who's going to set me free of this? And these answers, thank be to, to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes and it gets better, right? He's setting you, pulling it back and setting us up so it can shoot forward. And he says this, therefore there is now. You know when now is? Now. You know what that means in Greek? Now. Right now. That's what it means. Now. When's now? Now is now. But if I say now back then, it's not now no more. It's now now. So that means every time you need it. It's right there. It's now. Therefore, when? Now. You mess up? When, when, when is His righteousness set you free? Now. When you're doing everything right, it's still available for you. Now. Right? Because it's not based on you. He says this, Therefore, there is now. Right now. Maybe you're out there and you've been waiting for, for the no condemnation. And I'm telling you, right now is when you get it. And you don't get it because of your works, but because of His. Resting in Him. Resting in His promises. Resting in who He is. And the Bible says, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we are saved and there's hope. 
That's all you got to do. Father, forgive me. I believe in you. Come in my heart. He's like, yeah, right now there is no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus because He took it all, everything, even the stuff that you don't think He could take. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for you. Do you know why? Because Jesus took that for you on the cross. He became condemned. He became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, that judgment went on His body and when He died, that that didn't pass on. Right? When someone dies, that stuff don't follow them. So, when He rose again, He didn't rose again like He was dead and then just a spirit come out. He had a new resurrection body. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you and gives you hope and gives you a future. But He says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can I read that one more time? Because I just love that. Therefore there is when? 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 Now what? A lot of condemnation? Guilt? Shame? He says in Isaiah, he said, I'll give you double honor and no shame. If you're living in shame, that's not from God. Double honor and no shame. Therefore, there is now no what? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now it says this. Now listen to it. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Man, that's good enough news. We'd, if we really grasp that, we'd be so excited. We'd be laughing this building outside. I couldn't keep you guys sad now. Like, I might do it. Right? That's good news. It's not about God's law that that makes us a slave in our mind. And it's not about the law that affects us because we're not under the the blood of Jesus. But really you are because He already paid for it. If you're running from Him and haven't accepted Him, He already paid for you. Cash the check, man. It's easy. But it's a spirit of life that sets us free so that we can go forward and we can have life and we can have life more abundant in who He is. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And he's like, like, hey, don't shrink back. Don't fall back to that mindset. If you mess up, get up and fall forward and keep going. Don't even focus on that. You're going to mess up. Before the day's over, you're going to mess up. Some of you already sinned because you looked up there and said, I don't think Pastor James is as good looking as he is. (laughs) And that's not true, right? So you need prayer. So we'll have an altar call real shortly for that. But see, if we focus on us, 
in our flesh, we're going to lose who he is and the power that he's put inside us to do something great in this earth. So what are you putting your confidence in? My pastor James, I'm a believer. I try, I gave my heart to God. Yeah, you did, but where, where's your confidence? What are you going through that looks so much bigger than God himself? Is there anything bigger than God? Is there anything bigger than his promises? I want to tell you, some of his promises are maybe... No? All his promises are yes and amen and there for you. Don't fall back. Spring forward and trust what God's going to do in your heart. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you. I thank you for your strength and for your guidance and for keeping us in your peace. You said perfect peace cast out all fear. And so we thank you that you, Yeshua, are our peace that breaks down every wall. And so we thank you for that and we trust you in that. And just bless everyone and get them through, not as just survivors, but as thrivers in these challenges. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.